This is TF Wire, Transformers Week in Review, episode 95, recorded July 22nd, 2007. You're listening to the TF Wire podcast. Pump it to give the Autobots life. So when Spada speak, that means three weeks from now. No, no, Kerworld. Shave the buff. I'm the goddamn Batman. I'm the goddamn Batman. All right, so this is Matrix Prime, and I am signing off. This is Spada saying goodnight, everybody. Hello, and welcome to the TF Wire podcast. I don't need any introduction. You know who I am. Spada's not here. So joining me is Halfin. Hello. Yo. Night Stalker. Hi. And Demon Slayer. Hello there. He's having router problems. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still there. You said router, <laughs> not router. <laughs> All right, I'm just checking. <laughs> Anyways, we have a few stories here, and then we have a uh, discussion topic. No listener questions this week. I've also uh, cleared up the... the uh, listener questions slash discussion thread on the forums. So uh, if you have any questions you'd like to have answered, post them on there. It's only down to one page now instead of 13. So it's much easier to read. Anyways, our first story, Transformers Movie DVD News. It just came out in the theaters, and we already have DVD news. According to Nelson on the Michael Bay blog, when the movie is released on DVD, there will be four versions. The regular DVD, the special edition two-disc set, the HD DVD and the Blu-ray version. The two-day two set and presumably the, the HD versions will not only include the director's commentary at, that the regular DVD version will have, but there will also be a ton of extras. So, with that said, what are you hoping uh, these extras will include? Hopefully character designs. Uh, but we can see those online now. Yes, but this way we can just... Oh, I get arrow left. Arrow left. <laughs> but what do those Possibly really do for you? I don't know. Someone's going to care about them. You pop the DVD in, in, you look at the special feature, you check out all the pictures once, and you never look at them again. Isn't that the point? (laughs) But you could just look at them online once and never look at them again. Yeah, this is for all those people that can't figure out the internet yet. they got to fill up the the gigabytes on the disk. Or or have uh, 40 routers. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. That's more British speak. Anyways, (laughs) what else would you... I won. Yes. I want uh, deleted scenes, like ones that were cut out of the movie. Didn't Michael Bay originally say the movie was like three hours long in his first cut? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how much... I want all the so, so what do you think's uh, being left out here? So, yeah, uh, what happened to Barricade would be a good question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I highly doubt there's a lot of CGI cut. Especially, if, especially if the movie only costs $150 million. You know, well, maybe they could have created something extra for the DVD. I don't know. Well, we are getting the uh, the prequel to uh, movie two. Yeah, but that's we don't so know far we need <laughs> that. So far, we know next to nothing about. Well, we know uh, the guy that plays Bumblebee speaks in it. Woohoo! Yeah, congratulations, that's one confirmed <laughs> piece of information. We better get some star screen too. That's all I'm saying. Well, so well, hopefully, it's just not a whole bunch of Bumblebee yeah. driving. As long as it's not a whole bunch of Bumblebee driving around, that's fine. <laughs> as long as there's an actual story. All right, so we're, we're getting the director's commentary. Um, are you hoping for actor commentary as well? Voice actor commentary? 
So they can Not say, really. this is when we were talking to the 30-foot pole. <laughs> Michael, what's Michael Bay's commentary going to be? And then we blew that up. <laughs> I, you, I, I wouldn't mind uh, hearing maybe some uh, ant- anecdotes from the voice actors when they were doing the, the scene and they fluffed up or, or things like that. They like bloopers? Mm-hmm. Has anyone ever listened to a, a Michael Bay commentary? No. No. <laughs> I don't even own any of his movies. Oh, are you kidding me? No. The Rock and Armageddon. Two great movies right there. <laughs> oh, don't even get me going on Armageddon. Armageddon's a great movie. <laughs> uh, I was rooting for the asteroid in that movie. Oh! That, that tells you a lot, us a lot about your faith in humanity. <laughs> well, I don't have much faith in humanity, but I still like the movie. Uh, Alright, but anyways, we got we got four versions of the movie coming out. I know which one are you guys planning on picking up. I'm getting, going for the multi-disc due to the fact I do not have HD or Blu-ray. Yeah. Yeah. Similar with me. I'll pay the extra for the whatever's extra on the, the discs. I can't really yeah. see anyone actually buying the regular version. <laughs> My brother. Oh, when, it's five dollars che- when it's $5 cheaper, well, there's going to be people buying it. Sometimes it's up Woo-hoo, to 10 a whole $5. It's up to 10 sometimes. Yeah. Ooh, $10. We'll drop the money for the two disc. Well, my brother, I can see my brother buying the regular DVD. He doesn't watch the special features or anything. And he, he said he was going to buy the movie on DVD, so maybe just the casual movie watchers will buy the regular. Or it'd be uh, Grandma buying the disc for <laughs> someone in the family. Buying the wrong one. Yeah. Yeah. It all just depends on how much extra stuff's on the second disc. Like, if it's only three extra items. Nah, it's not worth the extra money. Well, it, the uh, post on uh, Michael Bay's blog did say a ton of extras, so... Yes, but that really... Maybe that's just a marketing, t- just a marketing term. A <laughs> so long as this doesn't turn into King Kong and the Lord of the Rings movies where four months after it's been released, they then release another special edition version of it. Hey, them extended editions of Lord of the Rings have a shitload of extras. <laughs> I would rather get that right off the bat than have to buy it and then four months later, God damn it, I gotta buy it again? Well, you don't have to buy it when it first comes out. You you know yeah, there's always I'm gonna really be a double dip. Oh, I know there is, and they'll get me. <laughs> well, I won't, I, won't, I won't buy the one that comes out four months later unless it's a, a 15 rating. A what rating? A 15, because at the moment, over here in the UK, it's a PG, which says it's for only kids, so... If a oh, so you're comes hoping out, for they... them stepping on people and leaving a bloody mess, then. <laughs> yeah, give it an 18 certificate. Uh, I'm going to be picking up the HD DVD version, so haha. Well, you have an HD player, so well, that at, makes sense. At that time, I might have a Blu-ray player, too, so. <laughs> but if I ever... Oh, if which I... will you decide on then? Well, maybe I'll buy both. <laughs> well, you'll be safe if one... Die, system dies out. Exactly. Like, years but then, if my brother buys a regular DVD version, I can always get a copy of that. So I'll be covered anyway. either way. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on to story two. Uh, Demon Slayer will probably appreciate this one. The Ultimate Bumblebee has been released in the UK. Um, and Graham Woo-hoo. Thompson of the Hub Forums, I'm not familiar with these forums, uh, but he's posted a review, and I have a link to his review in the show notes. And in his review, he uses words like fuck, bastard, 
In other words, I'm not going to mention that on the podcast. Are they compound words? Uh, no. Ah. But he uses these words to describe the toy. Now, I'm, have we all seen the video of the yes. of that person transforming the figure? No, no I but I wasn't planning on watching it because I know there's no chance of me buying it. Oh, well, in this review... Here, this guy says it took him uh, 20 minutes to transform it from uh, robot to vehicle mode, so... <laughs> oh, he's a spade on him. Yeah, it would have taken a spade of 40 minutes. Well, it took <laughs> a whole lot long more, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was that? It took them pretty long on the YouTube video, too, and they actually knew what they were... Well, it, yeah, it looked like they, what they were doing. Wasn't it like a 10-minute video? Yeah, it almost took most of the video. <laughs> All right, I've stated on the podcast before, I have absolutely no intentions of buying this figure. I think it looks horrible. Uh, what do you guys think about it? You going to pick it up? Hell no. I was going to get it. Not anymore. <laughs> no, I'm only getting the primes. So if they bring out an ultimate prime, then I'm going to get off. Are you... I'm going to start full cut the 80 quid or $160 for it. You could you could pick this up and do a review for us. Come on, I know you want to. I ain't got 80 Quit a full cat. I'm spending it all on primes. Well, <laughs> take some of them primes back and buy the bumblebee. No. Yeah. I'm a prime. I'm prime, not bumblebee. You have to find a, a TF person who, who's a bumblebee person. Yeah. Yeah, we got at least one, one or two that like to call themselves bumblebee or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, to me, this figure, the, the best part of, of this figure, in my opinion, is the car mode, but it looks. It looks sort of That's, clunky and... He looks a little stout. In robot mode, yeah. <laughs> he sort of looks yeah. like the beat mix Bumblebee. Have you, have you guys seen that in person yet? <laughs> yeah, I wanted to buy it to smash it. That was the only reason I wanted to buy it. <laughs> I, I, I saw the beat mix one in the Forbidden Planet and I was, I was thinking someone horrible, had just it? squashed it. It, was, it looked squashed. It's a dwarf. That, that's sort of, it looks like it needs to be put out of its misery. That's sort of what this uh, ultimate Bumblebee looks like. Now, this Ultimate Bumblebee looks a little bit taller than the the beat mix. Well, he's still not in proportion with, yeah. with, with how he should should look. I, I still think the definitive Bumblebee from the movie is the uh, the concept Camaro Bumblebee. And I would agree. Yes. Yep. <laughs> that was the segue into our next story here. Uh, Bumblebee Evolution, Evolution of a Hero 2-Pack is coming to Target. Now, this 2-Pack includes the 74 version. Uh, which still includes the uh, uh, the damage and uh, dirt marks on it. And it also includes the Camaro Concept Bumblebee, again, uh, with the same uh, damage and dirt paint applications applied to it. So this is different than the uh, the separate release of the figure. Now, Halfin, you just picked up the uh, Camaro Concept Bumblebee. Do you like it? Yes, I do. I wish the 74 version of the Camaro would have been a lot more like it in design. <laughs> Well, wouldn't it have been the same toy? I could have handled the same design, if a different look. But God damn it! <laughs> really make the '74 version wasn't a great figure to begin with, and it just looks even paler in comparison to the '08 or concept version. Especially when you put them side by side. When you put yeah, them side I'll... by side, you want to—you kind of want to hide the '74 version of Bumblebee <laughs> when the. Concept versions around, it's like you don't need yeah, to look at your ugly brother, you know. The 74 just looks cheap and nasty. Oh, it's cheap Which and nasty. Is, 
and given the fact okay. that it is supposed to be a used car, they certainly got that point across. Oh, yeah. But I can't see a – I might have – if it was an exclusive single-pack, dirtied-up, battle-damaged version of the 08 concept, that makes sense. But now it's just like they're trying to move some of those unsold Bumblebees now. <laughs> well, Bumblebee actually had a quite a bit of battle damage on him in the movie uh, when he was in Sector 7. And somehow at the end of the movie, that was mysteriously all gone uh, when he turned into... Well, actually, before the end of the movie, after after they got out of Sector 7 and he was in car mode, you never saw any of that battle damage. Yeah, but they're bet. Well, they probably didn't know what the CGI model was going to look like, and they just filmed all the cars. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's someone else's theory, too, is, a, is that the Allspark healed him when he touched it. <laughs> just in time to get blown up. It did wonders for Frenzy. <laughs> look what it did to Bubblebee. It, it yeah, washed and waxed him. So. <laughs> well, maybe the Allspark does it. Might as well, if it could give him life. <laughs> I right, should so, have given it to Justin. Well, unfortunately, they got rid of that before they could save Jazz. <laughs> Speaking of Bumblebee, have you guys seen the robot uh, replicas version? And it's going to stay on the shelf. <laughs> it's really not all that great, especially in person. Oh, really? Yeah. I finally found those uh, yesterday. They were at the shitty store known as Kmart. <laughs> I hate going in there. Oh my we don't God. have that up and, here anymore. And Barricade had a gigantic head. Barricade, <laughs> Barricade looks the worst out of out of all of them from the Wave One uh, figures. He looks totally out of proportion. There's, I don't know. It's just like, well, it's nice. There's his blade weapon. There's his gigantic head. Yeah, have you his seen ugly him? Arms. Have you seen him in person? Yes, I have. Oh, I, I, do, Megatron. Was the best looking one, and <laughs> that's not saying that's much. Only, <laughs> and that's only saying, like, if they come out with a frenzy version, I might buy that, but I don't see myself buying any of the others. Yeah. If I really wanted these toys, I'd be saying curse you, Target, for not being up here. But <laughs> if I wanted a battle damaged Camaro concept car, from the looks of it, I can just take a lighter to to one. <laughs> it didn't melt. More battle melt. damaged. I don't know. Yeah. It'd be a, it'd be nice if they had a battle damaged bumblebee it, with detachable legs or something. Oh, oh! I just thought of something. I can give it to the dog upstairs, let him tear it around, and sell it on eBay for like five hundred bucks. You just took my idea. <laughs> I was going to buy another Camaro Concept, rip his legs off, and sell him on eBay as a final battle bumblebee. Hey, I got the copyright. <laughs> Because you know there's going to be someone out there willing to buy it. Maybe I'll throw on a well, few yeah. more paint applications. I can sell it for a couple hundred. Just put the word prototype in front of it. <laughs> and you describe it not for sale. It can't be that hard. Sad. <laughs> All right. I feel sorry. All right, the fun. worst thing is I won't get to see half, half of these toys over here in the UK unless I go to a specialist shop on that. Hey, we'll just think you have the consolation of having Ultimate Bumblebee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm still not buying it. <laughs> well, then you should have no interest in this two-pack, then. I'm not got any interest in this two-pack. Well, what the hell are you talking about it for, then? I'm just putting my few cents in. <laughs> You're British. We don't well, want your cents. Actually, it's uh, pennies over here. So I'll put my few pence in. Okay. 
Anything else in this two-pack? No. No? No. Nada. All right, so that's all we have for news this week, unless anyone wants to bring anything else up. Was there anything else? Uh, well, there was one other thing that was brought up today. Um, the uh, Transformers Collectors Club is apparently finishing the Wreckers story. Oh, good for them. <laughs> if I had seen the first part of it, I guess I'd be impressed. Well, it started back uh, when 3-H ran the uh, convention. Yes, it began yeah. with Beast Machines. <laughs> I'm not familiar with it. I I do have a uh, a, a BotCon comic. I I'm assuming it's a Wreckers comic. I don't know. Oh, it's the... one of the Wreckers comics. I I, I never well, read if it. If it's so. got prime, if it's got primal prime and a couple of repaint characters, then yeah, it's probably the Wreckers. Uh, when did the story start? You know, somewhere uh, after 2001. Yeah, well then that's oh, oh. that's what I got then because I got it from 02. The, the one I've got in front of me is Wreckers number one, BotCon 2001. All right, so does anyone have any intentions of picking this comic up to finish the story out? What, legal I, or otherwise? I, I will most likely... <laughs> I will if, if I I can, my comic part. shop can get it. Well, possibly. It, Maybe it, if IDW puts it all out in a single trade, it'll happen. Have you ever read the... Yeah, uh, I buy it that way. Did you, did you ever read the uh, the other comics from the Wreckers? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I've read... Everything I think that's been released, which is maybe three, if they're lucky. Okay, so you are familiar with the story then. Yeah, heavily, a lot of G1 stuff going on there. Something about the Quintessons. And <laughs> they just randomly throw in something about the Quintessons? <laughs> well, trying to explain a whole lot of stuff, but it's like, you're, it's like they're trying to tie the cartoon, the comic, and everything together, and I'm trying to figure out why. Okay. Okay. The or it's like Oracle, Matrix, Primus, Quintessons. It's all connected. Vector That's Sigma. Nice. Oh, is Vector uh, Sigma in there? Yeah, it's in there somewhere. <laughs> what about Unicron? Oh yeah, he's in there too. <laughs> or mentionments of him about why the Quintessons took over Cybertron and things like that. Who, who wrote this? Wrote this comic? Slept on crack. It's glorified fan fiction. Is the best way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't I'm know not who... saying it's... I don't know who wrote it. Okay. I'm not walking across the room to find out right <laughs> now, either. That's too much work. Oh, right now it is. Okay. Well, that's all we got for news. I think there wasn't much news. We're post-movie. We're pre-animated. So, I don't know. Maybe there'd be well, a, got... a lot more shows of nothing but listener questions. <laughs> yeah. And the be enough stuff. to sustain. <laughs> On the movie stuff, the British have just released uh, their their pre-movie comic, and it also comes with uh, Beast Wars: The Gathering and an, a I would say movie. Is there anything like Magic: The Gathering? No, it's an IDW miniseries. All the Beast Wars figures that never made it into the show. Now they have the comic. That was a yep. joke. Called. Ooh, then they can sell the. Kill my joke. <laughs> 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 yeah, each I think it's a weekly comic, and each week they're gonna have a an individual character from the movie. And the first one is Optimus Prime. Now you've also um, seen the movie now, right? Yes, it's advanced preview this weekend, so I've seen it twice, once a day. What did you think of it? Brilliant. All right, so let's move on to the discussion topic. This one's gonna be a little bit more in depth than what we've had in the past. This is really just a trial of the things to come. I want to get into a really lengthy discussion of Beast Machines. 
uh, pirated TV Pro and myself had planned on doing that a long time ago, and we just never got around to it, so uh, that will be coming at some point in the near future. However, with that said, we're going to be discussing uh, G1 first, and our question is, is the G1 cartoon actually a good cartoon, or is it just our nostalgic feelings for it that cause us to perceive it as being good? And to help us uh, derive our conclusion to this question, uh, we've got a few questions here. So let's start with characters. How was the character development here in this uh, cartoon? Well, you knew who the characters were, but I don't know how many of them actually developed to be any more interesting than the first time you met them. <laughs> True. Uh, yeah. th- there was certain episodes where you saw maybe a glitch in the system and they went slightly opposite from what they were, but other than that, as, as say, you're introduced to the character and they basically stayed the same all the way through. I can't really think of any that actually evolved. Uh, which, which, now, they may, yeah. they may have had an episode of evolving of a character, but it was nothing that would prevent them from being the same in the <laughs> next episode. Uh, which character do you think had the most character development, whether it be like a continuation from season to season, or like you said, just like through one episode? I would actually say Starscream probably had the most character development, because he was the only Decepticon. And I say this only because at least he kept doing something different. All the time. Well, hey, I, every time he tried, not really, he did it. <laughs> hey, I'm agreeing no, with you, Halvin. He may have been trying to take over the Decepticons, but at least it wasn't the same way every time. Yes, but he was whiny and crybaby and sniveling and and that's how you think a coward and... should be. But, but you got to learn the most <laughs> about him out of anyone, other than I maybe... mean, hell, death didn't even stop him. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, other than maybe Prime, but I, I still think Starscream was the most most developed character out of the series. And he's like one of he, and he's one of the few that actually was in all three seasons of Transformers. He didn't have he wasn't in a whole lot of season three, but he wasn't in season episodes, four. Season four was three episodes. That's <laughs> so hardly a season. Hey, I'm, lo- it's, I'm it's, looking. Hello, it's the Headmasters and Target Masters, and there's a giant CD guy. Hello. Halfin, I'm looking at my Rhino DVD set, and it says Season 3, Part 2, and Season 4. Don't tell me it's lying. No, I'm just saying they're wrong, and I want the concept of a season is. <laughs> well, if you want to get technical, there was actually five seasons. So. Well, yeah. I mean, technicalities <laughs> and Prime, children's cartoons don't always work out sometimes. <laughs> uh, so, so what, who do you think was the most developed character, uh, Demon Slayer? Um... I say, I, I, can't, I don't really know. It's 20 years ago for me to watch it. And I, I, did watch a f- I did watch a few on pop on the satellite a few months ago, but I say all of them were just, each episode maybe concentrated on one character, but I can't really think of any that actually evolved or built up on their, their character. All right. It's just the same. Well, if only one episode concentrated on one character at a time, uh, how... Which character do you think uh, was in the most episodes then? Where they were the main feature? Uh, Prime. Prime. Or <laughs> <laughs> Bumblebee. Bumblebee and Spike, those were the two most used characters in G1, I think. Yeah, yeah. but did they really have character development? Did any of them? Sometimes there, like, there was episode character development, like I said before, but other than that, there wasn't a running theme of the character evolving or changing over the course of G1. Look, yeah, like compared to some of the newer cartoons? Nah. I mean, they had so many characters that they were trying to squeeze in through the entire series that you could... they couldn't focus on any one group or groups of Transformers. 
you could say that's the the generation one is each episode some of them did span into three episodes but each episode could have been like a spotlight yeah on a character we could even you make the saying? argument that maybe spike had the most character development and was the character that changed the most throughout the series well he, it, he went from teenager to yeah. adult <laughs> that's where i was going with that <laughs> <laughs> And mysteriously, at a child in between seasons. Well, if you don't want to get technical or anything, you could actually say Megatron to Galvatron, but if you want to get technical, that they're not technically. Megatron yeah, but they were really two different characters. Yeah, I'm saying not getting technical, though. <laughs> <laughs> we only really saw, like, one glimpse of Megatron in Galvatron, and that was in the movie. And then uh, Unicron uh, did his and mind control his thing. And he took the went crazy. <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then Cyclones oh, tried to put him at a hospice planet, and... <laughs> All right, so we actually I don't quite think it was a hospice. We, we've talked a little bit about character development now, and how each of the characters pretty much has the same personality throughout. Uh, but did we get any troubled characters who sort of fell into a gray area here in the series? Um, was it Red Alert when he got totally fried? He turned to uh, Starscream as a friend. Yeah, there was that one episode where they made him crazy, and then everyone decided he was afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> the one that came- so if there was long-term character development, I guess there was one character. <laughs> the one that came to mind uh, for me in falling in the gray area was is maybe Grimlock. Yeah, he was never the too sure. Could- he was never too sure on whether or not whether or not he should follow the Autobots or not. But at least in the first season, that sort of changed once we hit like season three. But well, season two, he always made a distinction between the Dinobots not necessarily being the Autobots. Yeah. And him always making a reference that we Dinobots have to save your butts all the time to Optimus Prime. Yeah, yeah, but, but he also only, wanted to be leader, so. Yeah, but the only character I could leaders, think of that but... fell, yeah, the only character I could think of that fell into a gray area only showed up once in t- in the entire series, and it was a only a he sh- was a show only character that Devcon or whatever his name was. It was one of the episodes where. It was like smokescreen, and the Autobots were coming back from that weird world where they turned out to be small, <laughs> and they were flying home in some kid's rocket. Yeah. And they stopped at a gambling place, and the Autobots got captured, and smokescreen had to save them somehow, and oh. he had to get DevCon to help him. What is the name of that episode? Uh, oh, uh, like hang on. Something Gambler. The Gambler? God Gambit? No, that, not the God Gambit. <laughs> That's no, where I'm they just... were worshipping you know, deactivated Cosmos. Uh, which season was it? Train. It, it was, was in season two. Season two. I'm not sure two. which half of. Yeah. Are you, are you sure it was season two? Yeah, because Optimus Prime was very much still alive. <laughs> it was definitely the Gambler then. That's the name of the episode. Yeah. That well, that must be it. Oh, <laughs> well, there was gambling involved. Is is that the one where they uh, flew home in the kids' rocket though? Because there's. Yeah. Oh, hang on. Because well, there were. There was inconsistencies on how long it took them to get home from that kid's rocket. <laughs> yeah, because... Like, they had an episode where they were home, and then the next episode, they were flying home. Yeah, because I'm looking so, on the DVD set here in Child's Play, which is where they meet that alien kid, is is uh, three episodes apart from The Gambler, so... I'm still yeah, The Gambler's the one over there. Well, if nothing else, Dev it's The Gambler Con. that DevCon shows up in, and he's basically like, I'm just a bounty hunter, or something to that effect. <laughs> like, your problems don't concern me. But he was an Autobot. Yeah. Then you, I guess you could always say, uh, oh, what was his name in Rebirth? Uh, Double Dealer? Is that his name? Or no, Punch Counterpunch. Yeah. 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 Although I, that was, 
I don't know if he really falls he into the gray three area. Seconds of shit. <laughs> he, had, he had two minutes of screen time. Yeah. Maybe. Like, be on the lookout for my Autobot counterpart. <laughs> and then he comes back and is like, I'm going to shoot you now. <laughs> I, I so wish they could have explored that character a bit more. I don't know if they ever could have explored that character with the way they did G1 cartoon. <laughs> it would just always been like, watch out for my Autobot character. I'm here to shoot you now. Well, they could have had one episode where he was the main focus. I'm sure they would have, but it just still would have ended like, somehow the Decepticons are st- still can't figure out that this blue car that matches an Autobot <laughs> is a Decepticon. I don't know. I-, I like the idea of that as well as the clones. It was a good idea, maybe not so well executed, <laughs> but it was a good idea. Well, that's what they get for bringing it up in the last episode of of the series. Well, they want they wanted that episode to be five episodes. They wanted that to be five episodes long, and then that just kept <laughs> getting stripped down further and further. And it's like, I'll oh, just bring everyone in together at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> it's a giant robot fight at the very end. All right, so we've talked characters. Let's move on to the story now. In, in your opinion, do you think the stories were intriguing and interesting, and were there really any that stood out in your opinion? Maybe half of I them. Like Maybe them. half of them. <laughs> half of them were intriguing <laughs> and interesting. All I enjoy all of them, but. Maybe about half of the... Are you kidding me? Carnage and C Minor? Come on. Half of them... Crimzeek? Do you like Crimzeek? Yes, I did like (laughs) Crimzeek, because it was one of the few times where it was just a comedy. They didn't... Crimzeek, the first Pokemon. Yeah. It was actually... It's one of those few times where... I just love that episode because someone asked Prime, do you have a plan? And he's like, plan? Who's had time to plan? (laughs) A Decepticon Raider in King Arthur's Court? That was just bizarre. <laughs> that was warped. Yeah. Like, how can we make Transformers interesting this week? Time travel. They go back to King Arthur's court. <laughs> and then and they yet, burn... like, the people and in the past are not completely terrified of them. Yep. I never That's understood that one. dragons are these. <laughs> Modern day people are more afraid of giant alien robots than people from the Middle Ages. And, yeah, it was like they expected to see him or something. And and who can forget only human? Oh, my God. <laughs> Halfen thought RC was pretty hot. <laughs> I, oh, yeah, I was a little boy, but all I could think of was, mm. But no, that, that was just... That's what you told me before the show, Halfen. That's what you told yourself in your brain. But... It was one of those things where it's like, it was so obviously someone said, you know what, remember back when we did these things in G.I. Joe? Well, then we do it with Transformers. No one's ever going to catch it. Hell, we'll, be, we'll dress up Cobra Commander in a different outfit. <laughs> Somehow he's not a snake like he was at the end of G.I. Joe the movie. Well, hey, let's face it, the ending of that movie just sucked. There was a lot of things that were the, wrong the with The best that part movie. of that movie was the intro. and You can definitely tell that's where they blew their wad on the uh, animation <laughs> department. <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite one episode that I think stuck out was the Plague of Insecticons. I just loved that one. They came out of nowhere and they kicked ass until. But there were so many of them. No, there wasn't. They're take over the planet, man. <laughs> the whole controlling the lightning bit and. Ooh. My favorite episode is still Countdown to Extinction because it's a great Starscream spotlight episode. Uh, but I also like the Five Faces of Darkness, the follow up to the Transformers movie. Aside from the animation in those episodes, I enjoyed it. I like the story. The animation... Eh. Yeah, season three took a dive on that part. Uh, it, yes? 
You were saying? Although the episodes where Starscream was uh, possessing all the different Transformers, those were all amusing. How many episodes was that? There was two episodes where Starscream's that Ghost and Ghost in the Machine? There wasn't a third? No, there wasn't a third. There was. Okay, See? the whole two of them, then I liked them. <laughs> Well, the, anima- got to the, the animation got to the point where... Oh, Jesus, go ahead. <laughs> you said the animation took a nosedive in, in uh, Season 3, but we did have uh, Call of the Primitives. The story and might have sucked, I... but the animation was great. The animation... I don't know. The animation is good. I think the reason it stands out is it's just so much more stylized than all the others. I don't know if it's so much that it's better. It just stands out. You, you need out. to go back and look at it. It's the... Uh, I've, I've watched it. I... <laughs> The character There's models are pretty detailed. Anima- the, no, they're detailed, but the quality of the actual animation, I can see a few problems with. I don't know. I, maybe I'll have to go back and watch it after we after we finish this episode. But it all we got out of that episode is so that guy built Unicron, and his old assistants flew away in the Matrix. Uh, that, that's what I walked away with. Now, did anyone like the return of Optimus Prime? No. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it. I, no. That was one of the better written stories and one of the better animated. Are you kidding me? Parts. I didn't. That wasn't well animated. <laughs> the Return of Optimus Prime. It certainly yeah. was better than Dark Awakening in appearance. Well, Dark Awakening was just weird, but <laughs> creepy. Was the Return of uh, Optimus Prime the one with the the virus that turns yeah, the, the hate, hate plague? plague yeah, the hate plague. Yeah, yeah with the like, broad Prime back. Fixed up with the Quintesson, who for some particular reason actually participated in helping them. It might have been the whole impending Armageddon thing that made him <laughs> help them. <laughs> They've been facing Armageddon yeah. many times in the past. Yeah, but not quite like that. <laughs> but this was the only time that the the Matrix was used up, and that was it. No more Matrix. And was it that a spectacular finish to the Matrix? <laughs> Ooh, a blue jagged line across the sky. I'm still trying to figure out how that worked. (laughs) I think it was like the Matrix said, oh crap, this is the only way it's going to stop it now. And there wasn't any like slow-mo drama build-up like there was in the movie where Hot Rod's like opening the Matrix. Prime just grabs it and pulls it right open and that's it. (laughs) Well, Prime's stronger. It was two two episodes. I I don't know how how much slow burn they could have used. <laughs> well, it was only two. <laughs> it's true, but I think it was only two frames of animation. He's got his hands on the matrix. The matrix is closed, and then it's open. Actually, he doesn't I do even love how they had to bring him back. He's just holding though. the two halves. He didn't even pull it open. He's just holding the two halves, <laughs> and it's open. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And they spent two episodes finding him, bringing him back to life, just for him to say, "Use the matrix." What, <gasps> what pissed me off about that episode is whoever colored Prime. Colored his backpack thing incorrectly. It still pisses me off. It's it's not red. It should be red. You know, I think that might have had something to do with they hadn't drawn him in a year. So <laughs> they couldn't look at a previous episode. Turn on the damn TV. <laughs> there's so many. There's so there's so many color inconsistencies on so many characters so often. Yeah, that's but, the one thing you that sticks out to you the most. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's prime. I mean, how can you color prime wrong? And, They've done it several times. And from that point on, he was colored incorrectly throughout. It all started. It was with the Hot very Rod. end of the. <laughs> it was the very end of Transformers. Saying it from the rest, there was what three more episodes after that. Well, they had planned more. I don't see any animated <laughs> plans. Don't mean shit. <laughs> <laughs> all 
All right, let's move on to our next little question here. Uh, was there any type of story arc in continuity from one episode to the next or from one season to the next? Uh, no. no. Problems. <laughs> continuity <laughs> problems. <laughs> Maybe that was the continuity. <laughs> How about with the, construct- the Combaticons being introduced before their construction? <laughs> that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't the three story origins arcs. of the Constructicons also. You were saying, Demon Slayer? I don't think think, uh, story arcs actually came to thoughts until Beast Wars. I think only then they started doing the story arcs, but as far as I know, there was no story arcs for Generation 1. I'm going to disagree. I kind of don't like the story arcs. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they get boring after a while. It's just like, yeah, we got to do this, got to do this. At least with G1, it was something different. Like, you didn't really know what to expect in the next episode. Well, really, the only Whoa. story arcs we had in G1 were just, like, the multi-part episodes, but there was continuity in the first season. I don't think you can show one of those out of order, except maybe, uh, let me look at it here, maybe Transport to Oblivion, Roll for it, and Divide and Conquer. The rest of them, you kind of yes, have to show There was only 16 episodes in that one, too, yeah. compared to, like, season two with its dozens of episodes. And if you look at Ultimate Doom, that sets up Countdown to Extinction. I don't. Maybe you can show Plague of Insecticons out of order. I forget who's in that episode, but no, Jetfire is in that. Okay. You can't play it too far <laughs> out of that. <laughs> but I, I think season one definitely had the most continuity. Well, there's no doubt on that. <laughs> After that, it was just kind of uh, you had the multi-part oh, crap, episodes. They ordered and... more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there, there were a few other episodes, like like we were talking about. Uh, um, where's it at? The uh, the gambler episode and whatever episode you said they traveled back to to Earth. Yeah, child's play. Yeah, there were there were epi- You could tell they wanted to have some continuity. They just things were getting done before other uh, episodes were getting done before other episodes, and they just aired them. Yeah, and then the few episodes with Starscream's ghost. But other than that, yeah, I think it's just like one shot episodes. The only time continuity really came into play is when a character was supposed to be introduced or built. Yeah. So, if there wasn't much continuity, Nightstalker already answered this, but what do you guys think? Would you have wanted to see a, a big story arc and continuity from uh, one episode or from one season to the next? Um, with with me, I wouldn't mind a story arc that was going across, but each episode still being separate. It's just that there'll be something added on to make a story arc go through the whole thing. That's all. Well, so long as they're not trying to jam the story down our throat. <laughs> yeah. Like... Like with they had to force feed it to you. You were a little kitty. Yeah, <laughs> it it's just that having an overall plot is good, but if they have it too much of a series spanning plot, that's when it starts to get into trouble. Well, especially Which if you, you miss an episode, you're screwed. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's Transformers. It does not have to be a soap opera. Yeah, well, with with Beast Wars, you could miss an episode here and there, but. Like, season two and season three, they were kind of had a long uh, story arc from one season to the next. Well, they also were working with 13-episode seasons. So if they mm-hmm. want to do something like that, it actually ends up working out easier. You're not trying to jam an entire story across 52 episodes. Season two was only 13 episodes? And season three was only 13 episodes. I thought they were more than that. Nope. Okay. Season one was like 26, and then well, that the one next had the most. two. Okay. Yeah. 
See, I, and that one could almost have been broken up into two 13-episode arcs in some ways, I think. Yeah, that's the one I don't have on DVD, so... So I guess that was hey, why I didn't know it. Starscream shows up as a ghost in that, too. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> Still trying to figure that one out. Hey, Starscream's the shit. That's why he showed up. He traveled back in time to, to take death, over Wasp and Anger. His spark can try travel and defeat death. Yes. What can't he do? But he cannot eat Megatron. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And he can't lead. No. Uh, he can lead. He just do a very good job of it. He can lead Doctor Arkaville. Well, he led him to being he led Doctor Arkaville to being crippled, a cyborg, <laughs> like that. He's wired into a chair, and he's nothing more than a robot with some flesh parts on the face. Wait, well, hey, let's be fair. Starscream did fix him up. He fixed. He Arkaville obviously was not happy about. Him. <laughs> that's he why a cyborg. That, that's why I think that episode's kind of. I think that episode's kind of dark, and <laughs> it's definitely the darkest episode of season one. Well, that's season... Is it season one or two? It's one. Come down to extinction. That's why it's my right. favorite. And yeah, and explain... Yeah, because Arkaville never showed up in season two. Right. He just disappeared. All right, so... I, bat- he ran out of batteries. Yeah. I, I have one more question, but I, I think we all know how we're going to answer this. Was the story wrapped up at the end of the series, tying up all the loose ends, where we left with nothing really being resolved? <laughs> loose end? Not if there wasn't a single loose end. <laughs> The Decepticons were defeated. Well, wait, no, they weren't. Uh, the Autobots lived happily ever after. Cybertron was Cybertron was gold again. Yep. Until and, Beast Machines, Beast Wars. Well, those are loosely connected. To, <laughs> they pulled bits and pieces from several other places to make those. Yeah. Mm. All right, so I, I think we have to answer this question with a big no. Yeah. Uh, how big a no you can t- we make? <laughs> So if if they knew ahead of time that Rebirth was going to be the end of the series, how would you have wanted to end it? I would have liked to have seen it first. A little better written. (laughs) A little better written? Yeah. There's some issues with Rebirth there. (laughs) But how how do you want the the whole story to to close? Well, I I wouldn't have wanted it to be so much that they actually closed it and their story was done, but at least changed and... Maybe not having Galvatron as the definite leader anymore. The Decepticons mm-hmm. definitely being more like, now we have to go out and stop the Decepticons because they're not going to focus on Cybertron anymore. Like, have the Decepticons broken up, trying to take over places all around the galaxy, maybe. A lot less focus on, oh, we got to conquer Cybertron <laughs> because then we know we've won. <laughs> but it's their home yeah, planet. Yeah, like, the last few million times they did it didn't work pretty well. I kind of agree with you there, Hoffman. We could have got a bunch more toys out of that had they gone that route. Well, they had a bunch more toys out that just never <laughs> made it into the show. Luckily, we had those car- those commercials to help further the story. <laughs> <laughs> you got to love those commercials. Oh, that was the only place you ever saw some of those guys in animation. <laughs> All right, so we're running out of time here because we're using the shitty software known as Pretty Made. So let's go back to our... Original question here. Is the G1 cartoon actually a good cartoon and piece of fiction, or is it just our nostalgic feelings for it that cause us to perceive it as being good? Comparing to other cartoons, it's a good cartoon, I'd say. It could have been a lot worse. <laughs> could be been better. <laughs> Alvin? Well, I like it. I'll make complaints about it. <laughs> I'll still like it. <laughs> as a cartoon, I think it's great. As a piece of fiction, in the storytelling, eh, not so much. 
Uh, I I do think it's definitely a little bit more than a glorified uh, a toy commercial, though. So, Woo-hoo. so we answered that question, I think. Yep. You can let us know in the uh, on the forums what you think of the uh, G One series. Oh, because you know they will. Oh, they will. <laughs> oh, they will. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So that's all we got for this week. You guys got anything else? I don't think no, there no. is anything else. Okay. Well, we're still having a. Uh, a contest. You can check out tfwire.com for all the de- details on that. It's a little sticky there on the TFWire homepage. You can check us out on MySpace. What? That finishes next week, doesn't it? Yes. The winner will be Saturday. announced next week. Saturday. You said Friday, right? No, I said Saturday. Close <laughs> Saturday. You announce it Sunday. <laughs> you can check us out on MySpace at myspace.com slash tfwire, and you can shoot us an email at tfwire at gmail.com. So this is Matrix Prime signing off for this week. Maybe Spader will be back next week. This is often saying goodbye. Demon Slayer here saying goodbye as well. <laughs> this is Night Stalker saying, saying blah. I need to go get some sleep. <laughs> Are you being slow Bye. again over there? Yes. To hang me out to dry, you know. Know that it's not me. I'm innocent. Someone did you wrong, but the enemy is gone. The enemy. I'm not your enemy. I'm not your enemy. I'm not your enemy. Is this any better? Fanny Pack, Fanny Pack, where are you?